folks. XQ quality, better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except we're extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. Welcome back to Channel Massive. This is episode 257, Side Quest Corkscrew Boom. My name is Noah. <laughs> I am just one of your hosts in this episode. One of the many. I mean, well, I'm the other. <laughs> I am Mark, and I am the other uh, of the many hosts this evening. Mark is I'm the so powerful and omnipotent, as you will hear later in this episode. He really accounts up for like two or three extra hosts. Yeah, I'm... Um, yeah, I at least count for one. <laughs> so happy to be here, Noah. Thanks for letting me be on this podcast tonight. <laughs> I know, I know, it was a game time decision for you, but appreciate it. It was, uh, you know, there was a lot of options. And yeah, it was. It was a you squeaked by. I appreciate that. It would have been awkward if you'd have shunned me in my own basement. <laughs> he would just turn his back and started the podcast. You over there, just left me to yeah. Keep the porn down. I'm trying to do the podcast. I'm trying to be professional over yeah. here. What are you doing now? <laughs> so, uh, so this episode hopefully is coming out on time, unlike last week's episode. Which I wanted to apologize for. I did not have an inclination that it would take an additional three days to continue my never-ending move. Coke comes back my uh, side now. <laughs> Mark's trying to leverage this can of Coke that he uh, claims he's been inventorying and keeping track of. I've been, yeah, I've been keeping track of the cokes that I I provide uh, Noah to. Now these are these are uh, actual Coke cans, not the drug. So. He's, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't earned that. Yeah, tier yeah. We would have. It would be a much more rapid fire podcast <laughs> if, we, if that particular drug were in play. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting to try sometime. We'll have it to would do that be when we to try when, when the seventies comes back again. <laughs> we'll, we'll try that. It'll be the episode. Will be titled Coke Party. Coke Party. Yeah. <laughs> Are we gonna have dancing girls for that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, dancers. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I've been working on that in the well, corner you, you over there. You probably could have a, a roller rink in here. We could have a roller rink in my... If I just could just get some of those boxes out of the way, we could definitely have a roller rink. You have some porn stars just doing circles and yeah. roller skates around that middle oh, island Oh, you paint there. a pretty picture of <laughs> the potential for my basement. <laughs> I would like that a lot. They would just have to get through the front door and past your wife and kids. Yeah, well... I. I could get them in, like, there's many side windows that enter my basement, so. I just had this visual, like, all of a sudden there's just, like, this influx of all these porn stars just kicking in through the windows from, from all sides, just yeah. entering. Oh, like, uh, like, uh, um. Like a SWAT. Yeah. A SWAT invasion SWAT team, of porn stars. SWAT team of porn stars. <laughs> I think that only happens with Charlie Sheen's house. I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> but they're on roller skates and they immediately start skating. Yeah, they're and they're graceful somehow. <laughs> and they're sniffing coke at the same time. Yeah, it's a great. Well, I think that ends the podcast. I, I, from here, it's all downhill. I mean, uh, once you once you go through that kind of visual, it's... well, we had to go somewhere from you thanking me for being on the show. Well, thank you again for letting me be on the show. <laughs> I do appreciate it. <laughs> I try to do my best. So, yeah, I, and back, getting back to last week's episode, hopefully you will you will definitely have heard it before. And I don't know I just feel bad because I've been trying to avoid ever again recording an episode when there's one that still hasn't been posted. Oh, that is a bad feeling. Channel Massive has a checkered past. Does that make you when you and when you have a situation like that? Do you go to go to sleep and then dream of like? <laughs> Being in college and you've been screwing around and missed this class all all year and like now now like you have to catch up on your all your all your homework. No, actually, I, I just uh, self-flagellate myself with the mouse cord. Oh yeah, <laughs> before I go to sleep. The, the pin, no, or no the headphone cord. Yeah, the, yeah, or a corded microphone. It depends on what boot I'm in. Yeah, you like you you learned everything you know from that great book by Dan Brown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a lot in common with the albino villain. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I can see. <laughs> you, you do have that certain gleam in your eye when you're hangry, which is, of course, the cross between hungry and angry. That yeah, no it happens. Bears. It's not pretty. Yeah, it's not when pretty. I'm hungry. No, no. Yeah. But the rest of the time, no, normally very pretty. <laughs> yeah, very, yeah, normally it's great, but yeah. Yeah. So this is still the introduction, and this week's we're episode... We're still working our way through this process. Yeah. Our, our passive-aggressive <laughs> psychological dealing with each other. Yeah. Our therapist told no, us it would be, be good. No, you will be put in your place. No, you will be put... <laughs> You're a narcissistic something or other. I don't know what you are. We were told this would be a healing exercise if yeah. we just engaged in this we, type of behavior. Consider and... this the first phase of healing, the airing of grievances. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the sharing of coke, the rescinding sharing, of coke. Yeah, the, the rescinding of coke. I take my coke back. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then later, of course, we'll... We'll have to bring out the dirty laundry. <laughs> Which is something that listeners can look forward to. Oh, yeah. 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 Remember that one so time much. at work when you unceremoniously launched that one thing? <laughs> that initiative of yours? <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> I struck a little too close to home on that one, listeners. <laughs> Dark days. Apparently, it was mutual because you had to respond with some sarcastic, bitchy email. Yeah. <laughs> Which, foreshadowing listeners, there's one of those remark in this episode. <laughs> yep. We like to bring it all home. Speaking of emails, we got one. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, we are always appreciative of emails. If anybody out there would like to take us on or take us to task, yep. you can do so via mail M-A-I-L. at channelmassive.com. We are also on Facebook at facebook.com slash channelmassive, over on Twitter, twitter.com slash channelmassive. You can also follow Mark and I. Mark is at Markim, and I am at This Is Noah. And of course, there's iTunes. There's iTunes. There's always iTunes. Where if you want to passive-aggressively criticize us. Five stars. Not directly. Yeah. <laughs> but we, via a review on iTunes. The, the reviews have been really good lately. It's cool. It's it's work. Our ploy is working. <laughs> Telling people that we only pay attention to the five-star reviews. And, been, and then incentivizing yeah. them to leave 
you know, whatever their opinion is, it's working well. It really is all about incentivizing. That's also another good term for foreshadowing of what we'll be talking about in this episode. But rather than continue to beat around the bush, we will first talk about what happened last week on Channel Massive in last week's episode. Oh, I thought that was our perfect segue to the porn segment. No. No. No, if you got to wait. You can't be a greedy... (laughs) Porn monger. Oh, we didn't put that in though. Actually, we didn't. I, I removed it, that. It was really kind of stupid. So, yeah, listeners, you'll never know what that was about. <laughs> but we were talking about porn. But you could just Google <laughs> Chinese billboard porn worker porn, and yeah. you'll know all about it. Yeah, there's even a video. I or, bet that gets or oh yeah, streaming porn. That's the uh, oh yeah, yeah that's story. right. There yeah. was a lot of porn brought up earlier. Yeah, but none of none of it compelling. No, not really worth. Focusing on in our news section. Porn. Yes, 3D porn. Yeah. Which we both Mark and I are sure exists, but neither of us can completely confirm that. <laughs> neither have actually Googled it. Yeah, we're, we're, we've got we, better things to do. That we're admitting to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after we cover last week's shenanigans, we're going to go through a, a little bit of news, not as much as last week, and then get into Monday game night. Which is why the title of this episode is slightly different than what it's been the last few weeks. We had an impromptu, unscheduled side quest into we, we did. Planet Side 2. Yep. Which I'm really looking forward to hearing about, because that's a game that I'm highly interested in. Yeah, it's fun. And, as Mark mentioned earlier, we will have a meaty f- listener feedback mailbag section. Yes. Courtesy it's- of the past and the present. Yes. It's, it's really a, yeah... It's almost a, it's it's feedback in a vacuum. Yeah. When you think about it that way. So lots of stuff to look forward to. And with that now taken care of last week on Channel Massive, it was a regular DDO episode. And we had a bunch of news. Yeah, we talked about console pricing and ultimate an, a new ultimate League of Legends skin for Uder. Um what that entails, which apparently was a lot more work than it sounds like. Um, yeah, Unity de- uh, Unity deal with the, uh, with Microsoft, which provided them with a whole bunch of different targets for new platforms. Yeah, um, Valve's mini changes to Steam and Greenlight. And mm-hmm. They're just doing all kinds of stuff and other yeah. good gaming goodness. Well done. I was trying yeah. to use good again, but I couldn't do it. Um, and of course, we you know talked about our DDO playing and. How, it how was much really anticlimactic last week because I think yeah. we only talked about DDO for maybe five minutes yeah, out of a, just an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, there was no about. I mean, yeah, there was no like really grand story or anything. Just more it was cobalt. just productive. Grinded, grinded through some dungeons and then you were done. Yeah, it was fun, but you know, I'm I'm hoping this next next week that we really get into some more stuff. You know, like another one of the, like well, the last last time we were talking about this massive outdoor level that we or uh instance that we ran into that was yeah and they just abandoned it as i recall yeah we had we just ran out of time because um, it kept going on and on on and on and on yeah and yeah so we want to try it again but all right well this yeah, time we'll be, we'll be prepared you have a bard along for the we'll ride have a bard to sing us tales of goodness and <laughs> hopefully write an epic based on our our, our struggles yeah I'm doing that on the side taking notes yeah, yeah he's gonna write his epic whatever but we had news yeah we have news news this week 
first and foremost, top top story. Ewok companions are being introduced to Star Wars: The Old Republic. Yep, it's true. I I, I never noticed they were missing, honestly, and I don't mean that in a like snarky way. Yeah. I just never know. I know you know. I know. I was like, yeah, they got Jawas. Yeah, they got Wookies. Yeah, they've got like a you know an Astro Navigator droid like R two D two. Yeah, they have a lot of all uh, the other icons. Yeah, they like I was just like kind of checking them off, and then the character classes line up with like Han Solo and. There's the, even Gungans in there, aren't there? Ah. Uh, or are there? Which ones are those? The Jar Jar. Oh, I've never seen one of those. Thank God. Okay, maybe not. That's a that's a great exception. That's a fine they, they could, exception. They could never, ever, ever get one of those guys in there, and I'd be just happy as could be. Yeah. Or those little blue flying guys, like they 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 could oh. be out as well. Yeah, there's a lot of really bad aliens introduced in the prequel trilogy. Uh, the prequel trilogy just sucks. But um, but yeah, Ewoks, you know, which are also the bane of. Many people's opinions, they think that they ruined Return of the Jedi. I thought Ewoks were okay, but... Uh, I was reading some comments about it, and somebody said, if you don't think Ewoks are badass, you've never read something or other. So apparently there's some book that over... Oh, in the Expanded Universe? Yeah, that overplays the Ewok power. <laughs> I mean, really, they're they're like... Well, they're just a primitive tribe. Yeah, they are to the Star Wars universe what the groundhogs are that migrate across the highway are to us these days. You know, they're inconsequential, barely, barely even like self-aware. No, they have a culture and a religion and a village. Disgusting vermin that needs to be. (laughs) Oh, sorry, I was. Well, apparently, the developers of Star Wars: Old Republic believe that Ewok demand higher respect than you're giving the mark because you have really high requirements if you want to have an Ewok Yeah, yeah, your legacy has to be level 40, not just your character, and you need a million credits to buy one. Wow, so you kind of have to have been a lifer. I guess, yeah, I I don't even know what my legacy level is. I'm thinking like five. I I have no idea. I really just haven't ever paid attention to that. Yeah, it's a lot of um, Yeah, I don't know. I think it's cool that they're adding something like as iconic as Ewoks. I mean... Well, and also something that's cool about it, I, I know that you mentioned Jawas, which are little figures in robes, but to have a companion, which presumably will have a lot of animations, that's finally a different shape than the standard human size and shape is pretty cool. I mean, it's still humanoid-esque in that it's got arms and legs, but it's so tiny, yeah. so it makes it difficult for it to go through terrain. Yeah, that is going to be interesting. So they bit. did actual work in animation versus just transplant oh, yeah. animation pre- code from one race from one alien race to another. Well, they have those Wookiees, too, that tower above you, which is cool. But, yeah, yeah this guy is tiny. And, you know, the um, the Astromechs or whatever R2-D2's called, they're, you know, they're totally different as well. And they, they're animated pretty good. So I, Yeah, I'm there sure is they, a number of droids. I'm sure they pulled it off well. I'm, I'm kind of, it's going to be cool to see them. Yeah. Little Ewoks running around, pooping all over. <laughs> <laughs> because you know they do that. They Ewok just can't control boo-doo. it. Yeah. Ewok scat. Ewok will scat. Cover films. the planets. I'm of sure Star Wars be, uh, What's that called? Um, Machinime uh, about Ewok scat or something like that? Some kind of, well, that's something I didn't plan on talking about today. <laughs> Amongst many other things so far. Yeah, I had a conversation today where I was. I was trying to see if anyone wanted my sofa that we're going to 
we're trying to get rid of. It's currently on my front Unceremoniously? Porch. Yeah, unceremoniously. Well, <laughs> ceremoniously would be lighting it on fire and giving it a Viking funeral down the street. Because, like, That'd we live cool on the top of a hill. hill. You could <laughs> it, totally... would, it would literally, as long as it hit a curb, it would, like, probably be way out of sight and out of mind if, if I did do that. <laughs> you should totally do that. Just put it on some rollers and light It'd it on like fire. It'd be like a Fourth of July thing for tomorrow, right? <laughs> Celebrate my country's independence. Which I just found out today was actually on July 2nd. Oh. There's even a quote that's like, July 2nd will be the a day that lives in, um, you know, uh, like, will be a, a famous day for all Americans. <laughs> Change it to July 4th. 4th. I don't know. I'm going to have to look into that. I probably just misquoted We're it such good citizens. But, yeah, it could be like the centerpiece of the neighborhood fireworks display. Yeah. I can um, see people chasing after it, screaming for it. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot why I was talking about that. Oh, because I was talking about, oh, it just has a little bit of human urine on it. And uh, that's because I have two small children, not because of anything freaky. And and so, and so I think my coworker and friend Bob said something like, well, that's the worst thing that could ever happen to it. And I said, well, the second worst. And, and then now we're talking about Ewok scat. But anyway, yeah. So anyway, if you want to come by tomorrow, Noah, there will be the... The ceremonial burying of the <laughs> <sofa>. <laughs> That should be really interesting. That's or maybe you could even treat it like curling, like you follow it on a skateboard or something and oh, kind of give yeah. it a shot to kelp Just kind of guide it, yeah. get it all the way across the big busy street. <laughs> that could be really cool. Because then there's yet another hill at the end of that street, so it could... I mean, that goes downhill quite a ways, so that could be really interesting to see where it ends up. Um, so, yeah, another thing you didn't expect to hear about on this podcast. <laughs> We're just full of so many bonuses. Yeah, yeah, should be good. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Ewoks. I can't cool. really find a, a think of a good way to even transition to the next story. So World of oh, Warplanes. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. Oh, Let's... World of Warplanes, how does that tie into Ewoks? Um... Yeah, I was just pretending I had a way. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to be disappointed in your lack of effort, but I had, I had nothing. <laughs> I really, really had nothing. World of Warplanes, not flown by Ewoks. Open beta, right. now available. Yeah. That did have you? I bet Southern Scott is in this. I am sure he was probably. He's probably been beta. in it since last year. Which Jeez. that's how long, I didn't know it was running for that long. March 2012. It's been running yeah. in closed beta. I really am looking forward to it because I I really like the it's like 1920s through 50s planes I think yeah from four so, different countries yeah and um so there's a, already a complaint that there's no RAF um, planes you know Royal Air Force or whatever well they got to make their money somehow right and I guess it's going to be a patch so oh it's not even going to be a paid expansion or anything like that it's just something they're going to get to but they have Japanese Russian American and German. Yeah, I love playing combat games. And and the flying ones are just, there's something about them. I had a, a flying game for the Amiga that was like a World War II kind of setting, and, or mm -hmm. World War One setting with the biplanes and stuff. Oh, yeah, I had one on, I think, my Super Nintendo called Wings. Oh, I think it was Wings. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah that was I, so much fun. I loved Wings. I liked how you'd get your mission. and There's bombing runs, and yeah. there's open world, well... Just arena type combat just all kinds of cool stuff right yeah so, i loved wings um and and to think that this will be like a new shiny kind of 
you know, World War II version of that. Much with, better graphics. Yeah. Yeah, and with a from a company that's got a great track record with World of Tanks, and yeah, they're also going to do that. Um, what is it, World of Warships? After this, World of Warships. Which I think that'd be fun too. Just that to, could be really cool because it's all about mortar combat, essentially. Um, arcing stuff over. See, yeah, sea combat. Yeah, big giant batteries and torpedoes and, and stuff like that. Yeah, subs and oh, I don't know yeah. if they'll have if they'll have like I think the I wonder if they'll have aircraft carriers so you could still have your air com I'd probably be limited to I But I know. bet there wouldn't be boarding of the other ships. Yeah, that'd be cool. Ramming Yeah. <laughs> Ramming speed <laughs> I missed. Oh crap. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. So yeah, if anybody else out there is trying World of Warplanes let us know. This might be a side quest opportunity for us in the future, too, to play World of Warplanes. Since it's an online multiplayer game that's free to play, it might be in our wheelhouse, so it to speak. Be, yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. If there's anybody else out there who is trying World of Warplanes and would like to make some suggestions for us on that, just let us know. Yeah. Via feedback, email, comments, whatever. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. A topic that we've talked about before several times on Channel Massive when we've discussed news and roundtable topics is the Kickstarter video game phenomenon. And I remember there were a few weeks where we were following the funding of Double Fine's Adventure Game. Which Double Fine Adventure Game. An amazing, it was an amazing way to bring awareness to this Yeah, that really thing. got the ball rolling yeah. for video games in general. It originally had a $400,000 ask and it ended up making like three point seven million. Yeah, which was huge. huge and amounts. I remember us trying to guess from one week to the next. Well, how much money do you think they'll have? How much money do you think it'll top out at? Yeah. And I think even, I think some of our guesses were still quite Low. below what it ultimately ended up being. So it was like the original highest funded Kickstarter video game, and such a success story. And since then, there have been games such as Star Citizen that have come in and yeah. gotten much, much more. I think Star Citizen got ten million. I think between their own crowdsourcing and Kickstarter, it's like close to that or something. It's up there. Yeah, so th unfortunately news broke today, the day of our recording, that essentially Tim Schafer, who's the head of Double Fine and the man behind some very classic LucasArts adventure games, he came out and said, uh, so we're kind of over budget and out of money. Well, I didn't see that one coming. Literally. I didn't see that one coming because, you know, it just seemed like they got so much over budget. Yeah. But people do things like with stretch goals and stuff. Yeah. And, and then I was like really thinking about it. I was like, well, you know, a lot of these game developers that we're seeing having these really successful Kickstarters or crowdsourcing initiatives or whatever are, you know, Tim Schafer, um, the guys doing uh, Wasteland 2, who's, none of their names come to mind, mm -hmm. but they're all veterans. Um, of course, Chris Roberts and Richard Garriott. Garriott, yep. You know, I was just about to mention that. titans in the space. But even then, like, it was such a different model before when they did video games. Yeah. Oh, especially Richard Garriott. I mean, he li literally started with... You know, putting his own discs in. in well, yeah, uh, he hand coded that stuff on the ticker tape, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, and put them in sandwich bags and sold them. So, I mean, it was way different, but it's like, how hard would it be to estimate with all the new technological stuff you have? Like, Garriott's using Unity for his development. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like Chris Roberts is just doing some insane engine 
I don't even know what he's doing. To it looks so good. I just though. know it looks great and it's going to rock. But I mean, how do you estimate that stuff these days? I mean, I'm not yeah. saying I'm not trying to give him a cop out or anything. I'm saying I think things have changed so much. It's got to kind of be hard. And then when you put in these built-in stretch goals, which means you don't get to just sit on any kind of over uh, overage you get for your funding, but you're actually going to apply it to add these features that they want. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could some of these features might sound innocuous enough, but in the end, you know, it might really take a lot of effort. It might take more than oh, yeah. the hundred thousand you budgeted for this one feature. It might it it could, could be four hundred. Yeah, I mean, as with any job with development it's no different unexpected things come up your developers might say oh yeah we can code that no problem we can do that in a week and they always do that those motherfuckers they always underestimate yeah how much time it's oh, going to take that's trivial and like four weeks later is it still trivial no it's fucking hard but yeah. i got it figured out when will it be done four more weeks okay I'm not, I'm just now you've, yeah, and you've doubled the timeline, you've doubled the budget. I do that myself. So <laughs> Yeah, I think all of us have been in projects yeah. where that's happened. It's it's very difficult to estimate and people can people some people have really gotten mad at Double Fine and immediately leapt onto Twitter and into comments and said, You've totally burned through money, you didn't spend it correctly, you spent it on champagne and Parties. Oh, I mean, just making all these ridiculous accusations. And, and the fact that he's been so transparent about it is totally lost on He's them. been doing a making of documentary from day one. Yeah. And the people who've actually <clears throat> backed it, not the people who are just overreacting. Yeah. The, the guys that pitched 10 bucks are, like, flipping out, or who didn't pitch but would have, hypothetically, if yeah. the world were different, are, like, flipping out and just being and crucifying him. And a lot, of, a lot of the actual backers I've seen in the comments are like, I'm totally okay with this. It's in good hands. It's yeah, you know. Well, and and we didn't we have sidestepped saying what the solution is for Schaefer and Double Fine. Basically, what they're doing is they've decided to break the game into two different halves. Right. And they're going to, in January, release the first half of the game via Steam's early access program. And if you are a backer who got even earlier access, you'll still be able to get that closed beta experience before the early access occurs. And then the purchases of that first half of the game will be used to fund the second half of the game. And essentially the game became much bigger than Double Fine really thought that they could squeeze into 3.6 million and they didn't want to sacrifice 75% of the game as quoting Tim Schafer just in the interest of getting it out there. I mean, and there's a, a cool editorial and there's also some comments on it across the internet, an editorial on geek.com saying how publishers are often reviled for mandating this game must include multiplayer or this game should have this feature cut. But the situation with double fine here is they're working without a publisher who's not holding them to the fire, so to speak. Right. And that enables them to create whatever goals they want and increase the scope. And some people are trying to criticize Schaefer and Double Fine for saying, well, if you already created a scope that would fit into $400,000, you should have been able to realistically and professionally been able to say, all right, with $3.6 million, we can definitely do this much more. Because let's say they originally requested $3.6 million, yeah, and they had an exact idea of what they could deliver. And so this actually... 
I think it's going to create some anxiety for a future. <laughs> and all we've been waiting, we've kind of been waiting for. And I remember Jason has talked about this before in the past that it's going to take the first big high profile disappointment or failure in Kickstarter to really start people second guessing whether they should use Kickstarter or not. Right. And what better one in a than dark the, way than the original? Than the original biggest one ever to have an issue, especially since they just successfully funded overfunded another game, Double Fine did. Right. right. As some kind of turn based strategy chalice game. Is something chalice is what the name of hmm. it is. And then you have Star Citizen. You have all these other huge games that have gone on and raised even more money. Well, What's going to happen with them? Are they going to go over budget? Are they going to be disappointing? Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, some have been successful already, too, though. I think the Ouya came out on time and had the right budget. Yeah. um, So, I don't know. I always thought it was a really cool idea. I'm sticking with that as a... Yeah, I definitely wanted to stick around because there's so many cool things that have been... Yeah, started or fully funded on I, Kickstarter. I think I have four of them. I've contributed to four now, mm-hmm. and um, three through Kickstarter, and one was Chris Roberts' Star Citizen before he opened it up to Kickstarter. Yeah, um, I think I might have to do a thing to. I can't remember how it works. I'm either migrating my support to Kickstarter from his company or the other way around. He's having everybody that was Kickstarter go to that. It's probably everybody's going to Kickstarter. I don't remember. There's something going on to consolidate the, the funding, but um, I think it's a really cool idea, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they all unfold, and I, I expect everything to be pretty good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I For one thing, I'm really excited about this game, coming from Double Fine, which is officially called Broken Age. Mm-hmm. It has a really great art style. It has a, a cool kind of premise of playing as two different characters in two totally different types of world. One's super sci-fi futuristic and one's medieval fantasy oh, yeah. style. It it just, I'm sure it has, it's, it has a lot of potential. Of course, I felt this way also about The Cave, which was, I think, a co-production with Tim Schafer and Ron Gilbert, both of whom are from Monkey Island, Oh, Day of yeah. the Tentacle Days of LucasArts. But the cave got kind of mediocre reviews. So these games, all of them, they could be middling or they could be really great. We just hope that they work out great. Yeah, I really on do. On the great side. I have high hopes. Yeah. But our main event news story is related to Microsoft. The surprise announcement of the head of the Xbox division... Don Matrick, he has resigned from Microsoft to now work to become the new CEO of Zynga. Now, when you just think about that, that seems like a horrible decision just in general to go yeah, from Microsoft. What co- of all the companies you'd want to go to, go why? To Zynga? The one that's just hemorrhaging funds, the stock value is totally tanked. And ap- apparently, when you, when, you read, um, uh, when you read about this, it's uh I'm trying to figure out where the story came from from Polygon. They they talk about like everything you need to know about his move and what was really interesting was that he was being courted by Electronic Arts and Zynga yeah. kind of simultaneously. Both seemed like pretty sweet deals. And he previously worked at Electronic Arts no yeah. less. Yeah. So he has history there. And so he could have been the the head of Electronic Arts 
because is it Ricciatello? John Ricciatello resigned. Yeah, so he could have had that or stayed it as stayed in charge of the you know Xbox stuff at Microsoft. Mm-hmm. But no, he went with Zynga, which is like I just feel like they're so tarnished and. <laughs> you know, I mean, like... Well, they have such a negative Mark reputation Pink even from a development a perspective. Ass. Yeah, we've talked about him before. He's just said some really evil, you snaky know, things. The whole business model was copying games, not innovating anything, just ripping, just blatantly ripping off everybody else. Yeah. And taking and invading their space with their knockoff copy. I mean, it's just... I don't know how you can get much lower than that. Yeah. So he wants to go and revitalize Zynga. I mean, I guess there's always the thought that the bar is so low, he can only succeed. <laughs> Whereas what's happened at Microsoft, you know, with the Xbox One, I mean, this stuff was all in the works well before the fiasco that was E3's But the timing Xbox. couldn't have been more fortuitous, right? Yeah. I mean, so he's taking off to go be the Zynga guy as Pincus steps down. Well, um, the funny thing is, is Pincus is still going to be around. He's going to be chairman well, of the board. He's got a majority share. And he's also head of product, which is essentially the main yeah. think tank of the company. I think part of it has to do with the fact that even though they are vastly different heights, they have the exact same face. That's so funny. There's like a whole side conversation in the comments <laughs> where they've made all these memes for for him. <laughs> and they're like, they are the, they're, they must be brothers. And they switch the faces and they look like the same guy, Pincus and... <laughs> metric it's really funny <laughs> what's really really scary i think for the entire xbox team is that steve ballmer will be personally managing them oh gosh so all of them will report directly to him with no one in the, between no one no one to act as a buffer so when he goes on his developers 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 <laughs> rant they will be right there it, it will be unpleasant i would imagine Especially based on their their wondrous showing at uh, <laughs> E3, um, Don Metric's own flippant responses to the always online thing, and then the subsequent open letter to the community: "We suck, but not as much as you think." And here's what we'll do to turn things. But around. we're really listening to you. We really care what you we, have to we say. We value your feedback, even though we didn't two weeks ago when I was on top of the world. Yeah. Um, but now I'm not high anymore, and suddenly I'm. You know, I don't know. It's just crazy. So, yeah, he's going <laughs> to go work at Zynga. Again, I th- I do think it has to be... Well, one thing is, any door that was open at, at EA is going to be closed now. Cause yeah, because EA rivals. hates Zynga. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's... As I think a lot of developers out there, whether you're indie or you're huge... I think everybody hates Zynga, yeah. except for Zynga. Um, yeah, so there, you know, this... This opportunity, if it doesn't work out at Zynga, I, I don't think he'll be welcome at, at Microsoft EA or EA. Yeah. He's pretty much burned those bridges. Yeah, where do you go if you're not if you if you blow it at Zynga? Well, not to mention who would want to hire him if he blows it at Zynga. I mean, he's going to have to take personal accountability for however the company does, That's whether it's true. good or bad. Yeah, at this point, maybe he just feels that there's really nothing. Worse that he could do? I don't know. Well, right. Like anything he does, could, anything he does will probably be a success compared to what's happened at Zynga lately. Like the <laughs> shunning by Facebook when they used to have their backs, and yeah, I mean they've they've been pretty well kicked to the curb. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know. And I, I'm really curious to see who Microsoft 
picks to replace him? Are they going to try to pick someone who's very charismatic? Oh, yeah, I heard. Somebody who really has their stuff together? I heard that, um, in one of the articles, I heard, yeah, the circles I'm in, I, I have chats with these guys, this Balmer, you know, Balmy, we play golf. No, but there was an article that I think said that they were looking to pull someone from an internal, an internal person, but from another group mm-hmm. um, to take the spot. So hopefully they'll grab someone f- from like the guy that invented the the uh, smart ass paper clip or something <laughs> like what was his name clippy clippy maybe yeah. they'll get the clippy guy or whoever developed or devised microsoft bob or they should get the person who really pushed hard for the metro interface for windows 8 that's exactly who they need whoever that yeah was. well i think that dude actually resigned Oh, yeah. He quit too, like a a couple weeks after after Windows 8 came out. It was kind of weird. That's probably true. I know that the uh, the 8.1 version of Windows will let you boot straight to a actual start button now. (laughs) So they've learned their lesson. I I, and this is just funny, but I I was I was commenting on a friend's post on Facebook about how he tried Windows 8 and it just absolutely sucked and disappointed him completely. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder what the uh, the market share is among Windows products or Windows installs. What's the Windows install base for Windows 8? It's 3.7%. Vista is at like 4 point something. So even Vista is more installed than Windows 8. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like XP dominates. Windows 7 is pretty high. But yeah, I mean, it's like the the OS that nobody would buy into. You can have as many cute commercials as you want, but nobody's going to buy this. So Even if you put it on a PC and sell it to them, then they just won't buy the PC, which has also been a big problem. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Anyway, strange things are brewing at Zynga and Microsoft. Yeah. And- Could you imagine having Balmer come into your office all sweaty, yelling developers, 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 and <laughs> well, he's like like- asking for a status report because <laughs> now you're a direct report? I, I, I wouldn't envy those people because he seems really high-strung and and manic. He does, yeah. He seems like he would just like literally pick your desk up and throw it out the window if you had the wrong answer. And apparently Which, he has thrown a chair in the past. Yeah, he's, he's prone to acts of random violence. So, God love them. <laughs> what a wonderful environment to work in. <laughs> well, you know, maybe an environment that would be suitable for him, based on some of the things that you've already told me about it, would be Planet Side 2, where oh, things yeah. are just totally exploding and blowing up. shot and at. People are dying. <laughs> it's something that's really high adrenaline might sit well with Mr. Balmer. Yeah, so nice segue there. So for our um, gaming night on Monday... Um, we had two key players missing, which one was Noah due to a, a aquarium migration or something. Yeah, there was that, and then uh, yeah, I, I wasn't even going to be in town. Oh yeah, so. when it happened, and then yeah, it was just domino effect. So he was out, and Southern Fried Scott was on vacation, and so we got the call going, and we had Hilgi and Agamemnon, and and of course Military Scott and myself, and we were just kind of BSing for a while because we really. Didn't feel, feel like getting DDO going with two of you missing. Yeah. And Hilgi's not even playing it anyway, but we just like to talk to him. You know, he dominates the conversation so he much. He does. He's a Always. Great guy. You can't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but we had him, and we were just talking, and Agamemnon was thinking about installing Planet Side 2, and it was really funny. We were like, what could we all play? We we knew we wanted to do something. Yeah. And um, a couple of guys just have, like, you know, basically, like, T1 speed connections, and so we were talking about, well, could we install League of Legends for you guys? Mm-hmm. And I, like, did the math, and it was going to be, like, optimally, it was, like, two and a half hours based oh, on the current wow. client install size. And we were like, well, that blows our window. So it turned out that I thought I had Planetside fully installed, but I it's an old install, so it had a lot of patching to do, which took eight gigs. So wow. about a half hour after we started um, deciding to play Planetside 2, I was actually able to start it up, and Agamemnon was still getting his going. And so Military Scott proceeded to take me through everything. It was awesome. He showed me like how the interface worked, and there's a tutorial now, which wasn't in the original version. It tells you a lot of stuff, so I played through that. And uh, it was it was really fun. Um, I seemed to be obsessed with not crashing the, any of the mini vehicles you can get in the game into anything. Cause I so re- are they like Jeeps or something? Yeah, what there's are all they? kinds of stuff. There's like a light tank that you can get that's an actual tank but it really moves fast mm-hmm. there's like a uh, like a four-wheeler that can hold an extra person so um, military scott was like a tail gunner for that it, originally i was gonna be the tail gunner but something went wrong and like he kept getting like instantly killed whenever he did it and by luck i actually got it and so um well there was these flying things just strafing the platform where the four-wheeler would pop up Oh, of really course, evil. they were just camping you. Yeah, they were camping us. So, um, there's that. There's this, like, I forget what it's called, but it holds, like, eight people, like a troop carrier. Mm-hmm. And then there's all these flying vehicles, which I didn't have enough points or whatever. Certs yeah, to... so how does that work? I mean, if you want a vehicle, do you have to essentially purchase it using in-game currency? No, I, I don't think so. I think you earn it through playing. I'm, I'm not oh, okay. positive. I, or maybe there's a combination. So, um I don't know how it works, but I definitely was not in a position to have anything flying. <laughs> but it was really fun. The vehicles, like, are really cool. They're, you know, kind of like in Halo, how you have the, the vehicles. Some of the vehicles are kind of cool. It's kind of like that. It was it was fun. Well, what happens when you die in this game? Because I assume in a first-person shooter that there's lots of death. Yeah, you respawn, like, pretty quick. It's not like Counter-Strike where you have to wait forever. Because there's just a constant battle going on. So you respawn back in, you know, kind of near where you were. And what's really cool is it's a war, and there's all these different battlefields, and you can kind of see the progress, because it's 3v3, you know, realm versus realm versus realm kind of concept. So you can see how your team's doing, and there's just different areas on the map that are, you know, it's like an ultimately gigantic version of a battleground from World of Warcraft. Yeah. There's all these different points of contention and or battlefields. And you can kind of zone into those. Um, there's different ways to do it, but you can get... you can Sometimes you drop, you like drop in like a drop uh, in uh, Starship Troopers, you know, where they just fall out of the sky and you land there and stuff. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, but yeah, we, we had a really good time. Um, I have some observations um, what first is that the vehicles are really fun, and they can you know hold and transport multiple team teammates. As I mentioned, I really like the light tank, which was 
a single seater, but it was fast. It did some damage. You could run people over. Oh, which nice! I, I found. Unfortunately, friendly fire is totally allowed and easy to do. So you can run over your own teammates. You can accidentally shoot your own teammates. Oh wow, that makes things a lot harder. You, you don't want to. You get. You can get kind of penalized for it, I think. But uh, it was fun to run over the opposition with my tank. Um, it appears to me, as a noob, that air power is really important in the game. Um, when the when the ships just come strafing in and take you out. You so there's not people on jetpacks. It's, it's not like tribes, more, is it? No, it's not like tribes. Although there is a class like it's like a light. Um, I forget. It's like the light trooper or whatever. I, I forget what the official name is, but you can jump extra far. Oh, nice! And that's pretty fun. It's really well done. And I guess as you you can you know make that better. Um, I'm not sure how, but I I guess you can like get more skills or more points into it, so your jump lasts longer. And you can maneuver better. Reminds me of City of Heroes, the super jump travel speed. It felt a lot like super jump. It was really cool. Um, so so that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, air power just seems really important. And I had like one, as a heavy trooper, I had this law rocket thing, but it wasn't heat seeking. So for shooting stuff in the air, there was just no way I could yeah. not hit them. Um, hitting troops on the ground with it, though, worked really well. Was there splash damage? Yeah. Nice. There, or there appeared to be, yeah. So it worked pretty good. Um, Military Scott is really, really good. He was really he was being helpful while being very effective in the game and, you know, like telling me what to do, saving me, because he played a medic most of the time. Um, and he was patient with my crashing of the four-wheeler. And, uh, and, yeah, it was just really cool. And, you know, he's explaining how the the medic and the engineer, you know, get points for, for helping stuff, helping out. They're, you know, they're rewarded not just for killing stuff, but for actually healing, healing. people and yeah. providing, like, the engineer can provide ammo for people because you do run out of ammo and stuff, so that's kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was really cool. And I, at one point I was like, the sounds in this are just, I mean, the graphics are awesome. He was like, see if you can run ultra mode. And so I turned it on ultra, and it just looked great. Kind of re- reminded me of the graphics in Rage a little bit, which has mm-hmm. really great graphics. Um, but the sounds are just amazing. Like, you know, bullets are ricocheting all around, and it's really well done, and it seemed like really good stereo to me. And so I was like, man, the sound is so lifelike. And he goes, and this is a great quote, he's like, take it from someone who's been shot at a, at shitload. <laughs> That's what he said. Take it from someone who's been shot at shitloads of times. They got the sound right, <laughs> so that was that was good to know. Because um, I was like constantly crouching and trying to use cover, and you just it's, feel like it's it. intense. It's very immersive in that respect. So, wow. so I really enjoyed it. But I look forward to a wider group of us playing it. You know, yeah, sometime soon. I so want to join you guys in that. I was bummed to to have missed it, but excited to hear something positive from you because I think. You were willing to try it out, but I'm not sure if you were as excited about it as I was. You're like, ah, oh, we can try it. Yeah. And see how that is. But to hear that you really liked it makes it even more. Yeah. It builds my anticipation for it even more. Well, one thing is, like, when you first play it, they don't really say this any way obvious, but if you don't use the mouse wheel to zoom out on the map, you really don't realize what's going on. But when, the minute you do it and you see the map in all of its grandeur and you understand like where everybody is and in the how big they're picture moving, yeah that you once you get that big picture you suddenly it all kind of fit for me and i was like oh this is what scott was talking about 
know, because before I was just like, how does he know where to go? I don't understand. There's all these battlefields we go there. There's people dying. So much going on. I don't know if we're winning or losing. You zoom in the map or zoom out the map and you're like, oh, I totally know that my team is sucking or doing well. I know where I need to go. You know, stuff like that. So, Pro tip, listeners. Pro tip. Yeah, pretty cool. I liked it. So that's two SOE games I like now. Who would have thought? That's kind of weird. And I always had Next that will be Vanguard. I always had that grudging respect for EverQuest 2. Vanguard, I can't imagine I will ever change my mind on that. Although it was fun as we like all talked about, well, should we play it? I don't know. Should we? I don't know. Yeah, that was so weird because Military Scott's a total fan of Vanguard. And was defending and saying, "Screw you guys! I think it's awesome." Yeah. But then he would. He also followed up with, "Like, I don't think you guys would like it." Yeah. So it is awesome. It's just not your cup of tea. I can tell. Which is nice. I mean, because we have a lot of friends and listeners out there who are like, "This game is awesome. You need to play it." Why aren't you liking it? Who they just assume because they have such an affinity for it that it'll be awesome for us too because they see so many virtues in it that the appeal is universal almost. But that is definitely not always the case. Right. That's yeah. true. But Planetside 2 does sound like a winner, and I am yeah. sure that we will come back to it in the future on a, on a future game night. For now, as it stands, the next few game nights should still be Dungeons & Dragons yeah, three online. Three more of those. And then we are going to get into something new. Something new. Which is still coming into focus, but we have some really... I think we would both agree there's some really exciting opportunities, yeah. ideas that we have of what we can do. Lots of good stuff coming out and stuff that's been out. And yeah. Should be fun. Yeah. All that aside, it is now time for our mailbag. We got an email from an old friend of ours. Of all people, one of the original three of Channel Massive, Jason, wrote in, which was really cool. It's always good to hear from him. Yeah. We, Noah and I always see him because... We, we live in the same city, and we have other interests besides this podcast, so we what? We, we go and like watch the <laughs> UFC or do barbecues yeah. or whatever, yeah. so um, so so it's cool, but it's cool he wrote in, and um, he's kind of been in console land for a while, um, partially because his PC melted down, partially because he's just been kind of gravitating, I think, towards the consoles more, yeah. specifically the Xbox 360 seems to be his weapon of choice if you will mm-hmm. um, so it was really interesting that he wrote in about of all things like a, a statement about an MMO from a former um, WoW developer who I don't know if you can summarize kind of what the the article was about but well uh, it's from Mark Kern who currently works over at oh my gosh I can almost see their logo in my mind but the development people behind Firefly or Firefall. Oh my gosh, Mark. I keep I, calling it Firefly. I picked too. up your bug. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Firefall, which is a game that Southern Scott and I got some time with a couple years ago at PAX 2011. We were not impressed. The game is rapidly approaching, I think, open beta, if not launching this year. Red 5, maybe that's the name? I think that's oh, the name. Oh, it, it is, yeah, Red 5, yeah. Yeah, so Mark Kern was originally a, was he like a lead developer? WoW team lead, yeah. He was a WoW team lead. And so it's in his best interest to 
do some kind of PR advertising where available to play up Firefall, an upcoming free-to-play shooter MMO, kind of in the vein of Planetside 2. Yep. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, just with aliens and not necessarily just fighting each other PvP. Kind of like, um, what was that NCSoft game? Tabula Raza? Yeah. But more epic combat, I guess, is the more yeah. open world. Yeah, a little bit more arcadey. I think it's 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 a very arcade-style game. It, it, I think it has more in common at first blush, and I know this is a gross simplification that may offend people, but I think it has more in common with Call of Duty multiplayer, where you can level up and you can unlock certain perks oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. customize your character. It's like a quasi-MMO. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot of complexity to the leveling and the customization of your character's abilities and weapon loadouts and stuff like that if you want to get into it, but ultimately you're just running around and you're doing rocket jumps and shooting aliens. Mm, And you can take in on little quests that are on this beautiful planet or island that you're on. Anyway, the title of his editorial, he's a guest blogger over at MMORPG.com. His title was, Have MMOs Become Too Easy? And if we were to summarize it, completely it would just be that and he basically well let's say the let's read the intro (laughs) which i think kind of sets things up he says have you noticed the creeping casualness that permeates all mmos these days when is the last time you died in a starter zone what happened to 40 person raids that have dwindled down to five do you feel any sense of achievement in the race to end game or is the end game the only achievement (laughs) <laughs> I like the way you read it. It's like, it's like you're like wearing a tinfoil hat and talking about the government's insidious plot. Yeah. Like, when's the last time you got your mail on time? What do they do with it while it's coming to you? <laughs> People want to know. What about the water you drink? Do you know where every drop comes from? It's, <laughs> it's just it's got that conspiracy theory kind of thing. Yeah, that's well, it's like totally misplaced because it's, it's funny. I like the way you're reading it. It's really yeah. it's a totally different take on it than the way I, my internal monologue kind of when I read it versus yours. Is, <laughs> well, it's just the random voice I happen to yeah, choose at the it's moment. Great but. though, it's like so like government's out to get me. Government's out to get. Me. That's why I'm a libertarian, folks. I don't have to have license plates. You can't prove it to me. Okay, sorry. And so then he goes into going way back in the old days of MMOs, talking about EverQuest and Ultima, and saying how MMOs back then were hardcore, and they weren't very accessible. You really had to think. You had to figure things out. And then World of Warcraft came out and started greasing this kid, so to speak, and making things easier to get through, quests easier easier to identify, and things just started to accelerate. You didn't have to spend so much time thinking. You were just on a slippery slide going through the theme park from major experience to major experience. Goodbye, Sandbox. Getting lots of rewards and just getting the carrot. And then he's like, well, that was great. You know, we have millions of gamers out there that got into MMOs, but it's been at the sacrifice of a sense of achievement and a sense of exploration and that the developers spent all this time and the game designers making these cool worlds, these cool cultures and histories and backstories and quests that tie together and environments and all these cool geographical designs and city designs. And people are just like, whatever, 
Yeah. They're just shooting through. They're not even stopping to smell the They're roses. They're not even realizing the beauty that is desolous. And people are bored. They're not paying attention to the lore. Lord, They're Lord, Lord. just saying, whatever, what's the quest? Let me get through it. And so then he jumps to the conclusion. Well, he he posits, I guess this isn't his ultimate conclusion. It's a carefully crafted <laughs> supposition. Developers have no choice but to rely on kill tin rats, FedEx, or Escort for nearly every quest, and to do so with the least amount of work possible, lacking in depth or story. It's simply not worth it to do anything more. And that particular set of two sentences really pisses me off because it basically says developers have given up. Yes. They, they've they exhausted all possible realms of creativity or thinking outside the box. They cannot appease these horrible children that are the <laughs> player base, right? These these The player base, they all have ADHD and you have got to make them happy or they get crazy and throw tantrums. And so apparently Blizzard came up with the ultimate perfect formula for MMOs and all MMOs therefore must follow that formula and because and to be successful and because everybody's following that formula everybody else that's playing these games is bored. Right. And so it's a self-defeating prophecy or cycle I guess. Well that yeah. Is that so that's kind of what triggered your kind of um Yeah, he when well, he gets really blunt here he says no wonder we have such a huge crowd of jaded and bored mmo players every mmo that follows the wild formula is a trivial exercise dominated by rodent convention trading off the joy of the journey for a series of meaningless tasks and when we race to the end we expect some kind of miracle end game that will keep us playing it never does and then he's like, it's not the end game we should be worried about, it's the journey, and MMO should be savored a lifetime of experiences contained within a single beautifully crafted world. Blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden comes the commercial. In our own game, <laughs> Firefall, yeah. we try to focus on the journey, not the end. Surprise! We wow. work hard to create a beautiful world, and you never outlevel a zone since the dynamic events scale to players. Our quests and missions are dynamic, letting us put more work into making the event fun to do and letting you do it as often as you like. And because you are challenged by them. Well, that was a really long sentence. And then he That's where I got the idea for my own <laughs> run on Yes. That's that's the best part of this segment. <laughs> Listeners just wait for it. <laughs> he concludes with Firefall is not a trivialized distillation of an MMO. We found that adding a little difficulty and depth has actually made the game more fun, not less. Maybe just maybe as an industry we've made things too easy and it's time to get back to games being challenging as well as fun. So Jason sent this story to us, saying that he kind of Yeah, that was agreed. The, the key word, was Jason said, I kind of... Well, here's what he said. He says, From a former WoW team lead, I kind of agree. This was always about the journey for me. Devaluing that journey kind of killed the joy I used to get from playing that genre. And then he had the link to it. and So, you know, obviously, you know, he's kind of on the fence on it he kind of agrees kind of <laughs> even though he hasn't played him, an mmo in like what two years yeah i'll give him the benefit of the doubt there but it was like it was a cool thing to send in because it's like i mean if you take it at face value some of it makes sense but then you realize it's a pretend world that he's that the author is carefully crafted to paint wow specifically 
Yeah. And anything derived from it. So that would be one of my other favorite MMOs, which is Star, Star Wars, Wars The Old Republic, Republic, which clearly was, you know, meant to be a WoW clone. Mm-hmm. And saying that they're... There's you know, no journey to be had. There's, there's no nothing to be appreciated. There's, there's no, no quests story. that are interesting. There's no creative gameplay concepts. Right. None of which is true. And We've I proven say that. that like episode after episode on this show since January. Like, holy cow, these quests and wow are, are so creative. They're and so interesting. Original, creative, fun. They do crazy stuff with the engine. The Secret World, even though we only played that for four weeks, had really awesome quest design. Right. Where you're researching things, you have to go into the internet to, to figure yeah, stuff out. You have to use a browser that they cre- they seeded all these fake websites out there on the real internet. <laughs> To, to help you look stuff up. And then Star Wars The Old Republic has these awesome epic quest lines, depending on your class, where you're allowed to drive what where the conversation goes. You can yeah. make moral choices. You can steer whether a quest has a happy or a horrible grisly ending. Yeah. You, can, you can have an entire group of engineers jettisoned into space <laughs> exactly. or not. If you that want. was totally what I was seeing in my mind's eye yeah. when I said that. So there's been all sorts of cool stuff that I, I think... You can't help but stop and say, wait, this isn't Kilton Rats. Yeah, all those games have Kilton Rats yeah. quests in them. But then there's an experience that's like, whoa, stop. This is really cool. Yeah, so I felt like the writer of the article was criticizing WoW as it was five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe I wouldn't say that because I would say when WoW originally launched, it was a little bit more difficult than... Yeah, you know, it wasn't quite as then polished it as nearly and they as hadn't much. pushed the easy button. Then pushed people the easy say, button yet, where you just get levels like wine. Yeah, maybe it would be the Burning Crusade about that era that he was criticizing. Totally cool, but that was a long time ago, and since then, they came out with that expansion, which I initially ridiculed, and. You know, this is Pandaria. I was yep. just like, you remember, I, I just kept going, I just think it's going to be a flop. And then damned if we didn't start playing it and just loved it. No it, kidding. I actually met a, uh, I've made a new friend at my work who's been really into WoW. And he stopped after Cataclysm because he felt that Cataclysm just kind of watered things down, made things a little bit easy. And he had one to have nothing to do with Mists of Pandaria. And I'm like, well, we need to go to lunch uh, on Friday this week. And I want to tell you all about yeah. how Mark and I spent years ridiculing Mists of Pandaria and then eating crow, so to speak, and just loving it. I mean, we, like, if you were the Blizzard folks, you couldn't have scripted it better. (laughs) No kidding. We are just, like, making fun of it, you know, talking about who the hell wants to play a panda? Oh, I get to be a monk. How exciting could that be? (laughs) And what kind of in-game content will it have? All of which were answered, like, Oh, really cool stuff. There's like yeah. really fun stuff to do right from the get go. Mm-hmm. If you start a panda out, it's really cool story twists and story s- moments. Storytelling is a big plus. Originality of the quests is there. Oh, the visual art design too. And the art, yeah, unparalleled art design. Mm-hmm. So all those things. So that was what like as I read this guy's kind of half ad, half comment commentary on a. On something that's not actually the current state of well, not to gaming. mention Firefall is super accessible. You just run in; you, you don't even have to worry about the leveling up stuff. You just run in and shoot stuff. Yeah, so it it might not even be legitimately legitimate self praise. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's like everything's hypothetical. The hypothetical state that WoW and all derivatives are in. Yeah, 
and then versus the hypothetical state that this game should be in, but maybe isn't because we are wanting to make it more. We're wanting to do exactly what we're criticizing, but you know. But anyway, it all caught me on a day where I was at work and really pissed off. <laughs> and so I wrote a response to Jason, and he hasn't responded. <laughs> although I, I don't think he had a room I, to respond. I will see. <laughs> I will see him this weekend. So maybe he'll. Maybe he'll. He'll. Re- reply then but um <laughs> so anyway i just here's what i wrote i'll just should i read the whole thing or just yeah i think it's great so i wrote um i disagree with you and this author but then again according to bartle's test you're an explorer jason's a known explorer he's he's a registered explorer <laughs> and i'm an achiever so we're not in the game quote unquote for the same things at all which is true um i think to a lot of people i think <laughs> How did I write that? Do you want me to read this for you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I think a lot of people idealize the whole... Oh, thank you. Thank you. I can't read my own writing. It's a problem I'll I'll read the cue card for you over on the side. (laughs) I think a lot... I just had an error in my writing, but I think a lot of people idealize the whole super hard... Um, Ultima Online or original EverQuest slash Efron's call playstyle of MMOs, but once confronted with such a beast, especially after playing anything current, they tend to miss some of the niceties, good maps, clean recognizable objectives, quest givers, etc. I know that sounds like heresy, but the numbers kind of prove it. And <laughs> kind by of. That, I mean, definitely prove <laughs> Unequivocally. it. Unequivocally. <laughs> prove it. What, what, what are the players that want this play style playing? Well, all 1,000 or so of them seem to bounce around from new game to new game, venting their disappointment at the Care Bear natures of the likes of Eve and Darkfall. I chose those specifically for their Care Bear natures. I think a lot of MMOs, WoW's later expansions, um, Star Star Wars Old Republic, and even the Secret World are trying to make the journey more about an unfolding story than a struggle with bad game design and an experience defined by the artificial hardships of trying to finish a mission slash quest due to the tough game mechanics. Things I've definitely encountered. I never played EverQuest. I'm talking now, not reading. But I never played EverQuest um, until way later, until we were doing our podcast. And... But I did play Asheron's Call, so I consider oh, yeah. that. Yeah, so you to have be, played a hardcore, and of course Ultima, Ultima Online. Yeah, I was exactly. A, even a beta tester for that. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, tough game mechanics. I think some in some cases broken. Yeah, I just love that the way that you put that. That they're trying to make the journey about an unfolding story <laughs> versus a struggle with bad game design. <laughs> well, yeah, and and that is like the journey, right? It's like. My journey is, I will finally figure out how to play this damn game. Right. So I tried to illustrate that journey with this little run-on sentence, the idea of which I got from the author of the, yeah. the post. So, Oh my god, that should have been a simple quest, but the final boss was spawn camp nonstop. Plus, because the whole world is open-world PvP, I got ganked nonstop, and also the second leg of the quest is totally bugged, and I was on the wrong side of the map for 16 hours, but man, did I have a fun time discovering that elite mobs that spawn there tend to aggro a massive distance, so I died like 300 times and had to spend all the money I was saving up for my mount on repairs, but that's okay because the game is so hardcore that there's no mechanic available to <laughs> jump from zone to zone, and I really like exploring these sand dunes over and over again while I'm walking around it. anyway, so yeah, it was awesome! So that kind of summarizes my feelings towards that exact yeah. um, effort. This apologist 
where they try to overly rationalize things that are really bad at the end of the day, but they feel cool because they're going against the mainstream. Right. Yeah, they they are. They're fighting the power in their own way. So the latest MMOs I've tried are WoW, The Secret World, Star Wars Old Republic, and currently DDO. All of them have what would be called Care Bear mechanics, but if you're looking for challenges, they are readily available in all four. All four have navigation aids, clearly marked quest givers, good map facilities, and some degree of an unfolding story. Definitely more so with um, Star Wars Old Republic, then I'd say WoW, then The Secret World, and finally DDO. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because there's so much character development in the story for oh, yeah. Star Wars. It's and like, then you have a like, whole party of players with you. Yeah, you have this NPCs. like entourage of companions that mm-hmm. kind of reinforce that feeling, and they yeah. all have their own stories which you can explore depending on which ones you show love towards. Love. Anyway, they all shine in different ways. But at least three of the four are really fun for me, and I think Noah might say that at least two of the four are really fun for him. (laughs) He's not digging DDO so much. No. Um, I don't know if I was ever a gamer that really saw anything but futility in those old MMOs, where you had to either spend tons of time trying to get through the missions due to the obscurity of them, or um, them all, or participate in a community solely dedicated to espousing the virtues (laughs) and providing the necessary data to get through the game. And there were those. Seriously, oh, there yeah. were. You know, there totally. these, you'd go, you'd meet the, you'd find this community of people that were like, "This is the greatest game ever," and the reason why is because nobody can fucking play it. And here's <laughs> here's what you need to do to play it, but you won't find this out in the game at all. You know. So, you, um. Anyway, one final point is that this guy is talking up his Firefall game, which I. Originally misread as Firefly. <clears throat> Game by bashing existing MMOs. That's never had a track record of coming back to bite the basher, right? Smiley face. As I write this, I chuckle a bit remembering Mark Jacobs and the company and, and company ripping on WoW while talking about how much better Warhammer would be. Oh, oh my gosh. god. The white sunglasses of that one. Paul Bartlett? Bartle? Bart- Bartlett? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. With uh. those sunglasses and the accent. Uh. And then... Well, what do we say? Warhammer's going to be like Led Zeppelin was. The, oh, yeah. Like he said that WoW was Beatles and Warhammer was Led, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. And oh, ironically, God. Jason did the best impersonation oh, of he him did. ever. So maybe he'll phone one of those in for us. Anyway, thanks for sending this in, Jason. It's food for thought. I personally find a happy medium in different aspects of MMOs than just open world questing, exploring stuff, which I say that because that's kind of Jason's thing he goes to places that normal people don't go I guess I like my challenges compartmentalized by structured PvP and difficult instance encounters as opposed to finding them more naturally slash randomly smiley face emoticon all that being said I do still love me some good open world PvP which is true I still yeah. do like my hardcore gaming to be kind of man-made. oh yeah we always pick the PvP servers if, we, if there is yeah. an option yeah I like that I and we and recently with um, Star Wars: Old Republic, we had an incredibly good time doing. Oh that. gosh, that was so fun! Even when we were getting our butts kicked. We even by found Weevil a new, Sith. We even found a new listener in Weevil Sith due to him repeatedly killing us. Yeah. Um, and what was it? What was it he said? I've I found myself a star of a pubcast. Pubcast. <laughs> like pubcast. Wow. Oh, I didn't know we were in a pub, but yeah. It'd be cool if we were. I'd love that. That would be cool. Like I that would love like that, that one in uh 
There was one. At the Tilted Kilt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Really awesome. Anyway, thanks for writing in, Jay. As always, you provide good Yeah, to it was about. a really great topic to debate on the show. And I know that Jason has super strong opinions about this. And if he were here... He would still be talking. He would be talking for like five minutes straight. Yeah. <laughs> about arguing. It'd be a long monologue explaining his opinion. And I wish that we had some additional conversation Perhaps from him. After he's well drunk at... Uh, the UFC thing, we can record that and then play it back and compare it to my relatively sober one so that it will appear that I came out ahead. Much more rational, collective. Yeah. Why was my Mark sounded so clear and Jason just sounds all muddled and then through it all Mark keeps yelling like, Drink another shot, bitch and then and then then now we'll know why, I guess. So that's my plan for the weekend. We'll see how yeah. it goes. That was very cool. Listeners, let us know what you think about this topic. Do you think that MMOs have been dumbed down too much? I would feel, or I would guess that the the guys that join us, the guys and girls that join us on our MMO tours don't mind the difficulty level of the MMOs that are out there that are popular because they play with us. Yeah. And if it weren't fun to actually be in the game, it wouldn't matter if we were there. I don't think they wouldn't be in the game. They wouldn't be there with us at all. Yeah. And I think that has something to say, but I'm not sure. Maybe there are listeners out there who haven't joined us in our MMO tours and say, this is totally on topic and I completely agree. And Firefall is going to save the MMO industry. <laughs> Single-handedly. Not not Wildstar. Firefall will do it. Oh, Wildstar. Wildstar. We're totally team Wildstar here. <laughs> yeah, we are kind of psyched for that one. I hope we're not too fanboy for it. I I, if it's a huge disappointment, though, it's like, that'll be okay, because I'm so surprised that I still find WoW to be fun, and, and, and of course, yeah. Star Wars Old Republic was, a, yeah. after playing that kind and of dismal even really version of it at E3, and then what really was released, Yeah, I mean, totally different to me. Yeah. Yeah, I remember both you and Eric coming out of that presentation saying, oh, oh we were like, all like, we were like kind of pale and shaken and like, like that, that was not just what like, I was wow. hoping it would be. It just felt like freaking wow. But when it first launched and it was, and I, I didn't. Yeah, uh, that's right. You were saying that it was actually behind, it was like the was, original wow, not yeah, the evolved, cleaned it, it, up wow. Yeah, it was like, it was vanilla wow or whatever you call the original. Ah, uh, the golden days. The golden era. <laughs> <laughs> I can get my shard server going later so we can play some, some vintage WoW without like all that fucking Burning Crusade crap they added to it and broke the game. It's going to be so awesome. There's some bugs I really like about it. <laughs> Next oh, time. Well, could I say something really quick? What? It, um, it was really funny because my wife posted this thing on Facebook and said, if it can't be Morgan Freeman, because it's just an assumption... Who would you want to be the narrator for the biography or autobiography of your life? <laughs> and um, I thought it was a really funny question. That is a good question. And, of course, the funniest part is that she just assumes that Morgan Freeman is kind of like the one the that default everyone... default choice. But wouldn't it be cool to hear your life narrated by Morgan Freeman? Yeah. yeah like... but I think who... in the backup to Morgan Freeman is usually Blair Underwood. Yeah. Or Forrest Whitaker. They oh, are also course, yeah. very popular narrators. Our uh, our buddy from the show, um, Bob, came up with um, 
James Earl Jones, but with the ventilator. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very exasperated. <laughs> and the flanger, like the total Darth Vader yeah. sound. Yeah. <laughs> what would you? What would yours be, Noah? <sighs> That's a really good question. I. I would pick someone who has a very nice baritone voice, but I'm not sure Forrest off the top of my head. Whitaker is a cool voice. Ooh, that would be. He's got a good voice. Yeah. He's a great actor in everything he does. He's. You know, Tim Curry's actually got a pretty good voice. No, Tim Curry. He can do all sorts of really great voices. As, like, Dr. Frankenfurter? No, God. No, Rocky. <laughs> I think everybody would want to, like, <laughs> That'd stop be Jason's. Eyes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Rocky. Or Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> no. Maybe somebody with a British accent. Oh, that'd be cool. You know, actually, uh, Patrick Stewart, he'd be good, or Ian McKellen. Oh, Patrick Stewart would be awesome. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I figured out mine right off the bat. It was like there was no... There's no deliberation. No delay. Who was it for you? Hank Azaria doing the voice of the comic book collector from The Simpsons. <laughs> well, of course, choice. it was an obvious decision for me that I had to go into work that day. <laughs> Little did I know that I would be promptly and summarily let go. You know, it'd be like that. It'd be, it'd be. That's it'd, a really good choice too. Yeah, I it'd think be entertaining. It would be, and it just suits my personality of yeah. like. Oh, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was one of the. It was cool. It's my own wife came up with like one of the best thought-provoking Facebook posts I've ever seen. So that is a really good one. Yeah, yeah. Listeners, feel free to share your opinion on that yeah. you, as well. Who would you like to narrate your life? Yeah, and if it's Noah, it's going to cost you. He doesn't <laughs> do this shit for free. And also, do not pick Nolan North, who is an overexposed voice actor in console game land. Yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to hear what people say after that. So next time on Channel Massive, we will be back into our DDO tour on Monday, July 8th, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Mountain Time. We're just not going to count Pacific Time. They are inconsequential. It's always Eastern Eastern, and then Pacific as if there is no mountain or central, but we're going to oh, see they, mountain time. They rule the world in, you know, the coast, Silicon Valley, the coasts do, and New York. Yeah. And, for East Coast time, so They're forgetting. we can have this. We can have a game session that starts at a decently late time to have the kids to bed, but not be totally unconscious. Yeah, they have everything else, and they have culture. And while we'll and never we have, have that, we have Seven Eleven. <laughs> we do. We have Seven Eleven, and we were the birthplace of Chipotle and Qdoba. That's true. We have forest fires. Old Chicago also came from here. Forest oh. fires. Oh yeah, we have that other big pizza place, uh, Pizza by the Pound. Pizza by the Pound. Yeah, no, that's not the name, but that's oh, Bojo's. Bojo's, yeah. Mountain style pizza. Mountain, mountain, mountain style. <laughs> 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 Said as the verb, not the noun. Um, <laughs> and uh, what else do we have? We have illegal Pete's and yeah, we have we have a lot of. It's surprising how much Moderately stuff. decent food startups. Yeah. And then we have the fray. <laughs> the fray? Oh, yeah. yeah. the band. The Big fray. Head Todd and the Monsters. Big Head Todd and the Monsters, yeah. And, oh, um, how the guys that do the Handlebars song, Flowbots. Oh, yeah, that's right, the Flowbots. them. And there's some band that's recent that I can't think of that's not the fray. Something newer than that. Newer than that? That's local? Oh, yeah, One Republic. 
Colorado Springs. I don't know them. Yeah. They're probably a little too poppy for you. Yeah. <laughs> Not that poppy. Yeah. Did it make Justin Bieber groove? That's pretty poppy. If he's like not in his head, it's probably pretty no. Too, yeah, too I'm sure it's 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 not. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so join no, we us will in not end. No, this, is, this can go on forever. Join us in DDO on the Argon Essence server. I think we're somewhere around level three point five. Yeah, three point four, three point five. Yeah, it's kind of the the median. So get there and join yeah. us, and or if you want to join us in an upcoming session of. Planet Side 2, Star Wars Old Republic, World of Warcraft, email us, and then we'll, we'll be sure to notify you in advance of when that session is going to occur. There has even been talk of League of Legends. Yes. Scott, Military Scott, wants us to reciprocate the Planet Side 2 training with the League of Legends primer type thing. So. Oh, wow. That would be really fun. Yeah, because yeah. my ultimate goal is to have an actual you know, military tactician screaming barking out orders um to us because we like that's our biggest problem is we do everything like tactically but never strategically in that game to have mm-hmm. somebody actually keeping track of the big picture while not sucking would be really cool <laughs> we have those every once in a while we've had some we have had those yeah that's true yeah we benefit from them definitely so uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. That is a wrap for episode 257. At last, your journey is over. We are done. We hope you enjoyed the double dose of episodes. We will be back. There is delay, but we will be back. Yeah, next week. Yep. I like how the coke's on your side of the table. <laughs> So that when I reach for it, you can smack my hand away from it. You have to earn this Podcast first. go good. <laughs> Podcast go bad. <laughs> yes, with the Russian accent, even better. <laughs> Not so good, no. no. Put it over here. All right, you do better now. No? Coming back. <laughs> That'd be funny. That's really funny. We have a, a culture all of our own here. It's <laughs> <and> massive. <laughs>